You're listening to the Software Outsourcing Show, brought to you by Accelerance, the global software outsourcing authority. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Software Outsourcing Show. My name is Bobby Durrell, and I am your host here on the show, and I am happy to have you here with us again this week. We're now into uh, part three of a five-part series that we've been doing on uh, all things agility, mainly talking with uh, some of our partners through the Latin American uh, area, mostly in South America. And we uh, recently sent Jim Rascio on assignment down there to uh, get some interviews and have some chats with some people. And that's the outcome. So welcome to uh, another episode. Thank you much. Hi, this is Jim Rascio with Accelerance. And today I am in Montevideo, Uruguay, or Uruguay. Still trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to say it right for the Americans. I uh, flew in this morning and I'm sitting here today with co-founder and CEO of URIT, Marcelo Lopez. So Marcelo, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background and maybe a little bit about URIT? Yes, sure. So uh, welcome to Uruguay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's beautiful. For those of you who haven't been here, uh, the, the drive into Montevideo from the airport is beautiful. Yeah, so uh, having a great time here. Um, I, we, well, I am a co-founder of UIT. Uh, I am a former software engineer, so that is my background. So I used to be a developer, then a project manager, then I used to lead uh, teams, distributed teams. And 11 years ago, we decided with my business partner to start UIT, a boutique development shop. Um, Today, we are a group of, of uh, four divisions, five divisions, um, working from uh, different countries in Latin America, Uruguay, Colombia, and uh, distributed developers in, in different um, mm-hmm. countries. Uh, and uh, we work for the uh, US market, so uh, implementing um, solutions, digital solutions, uh, web applications mostly for uh, startups and also corporations in the States. Um, and uh, we have been uh, working in this model, which we call the near-shoring and near-shore outsourcing model for since the very beginning. So we have been uh, tweaking our best practices to work with the clients and remote work and uh, remote collaboration. So this is kind of uh, what we are doing today. Okay, great. And you've got a uh, majority of your clients are in the U.S., but you've got clients throughout Latin America and, like you said, offices throughout Latin America, as well as distributed team members. So you're really kind of leveraging uh, everything you can to, to grow this business and, and, and serve your clients today. Yeah, yeah. So we, yes, we have been growing like 30% every year. Uh, and uh, to do that, obviously, we need to rely on the talent available in our region. Mm-hmm. I think uh, when we founded EuroIT, we did believe a lot in the, in the potential of, of South America and Central America a destination for uh, um, tech outsourcing. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, and I think we made the right, uh, the right investment. So uh, cool. right now it's growing, it's booming, and uh, you know there is a shortage of talent everywhere. So sure. it's a good timing for us. Good, good. Well, well, let's talk about Agile a little bit today. And uh, I think everybody in the software development world knows Agile or knows, thinks they know mm-hmm. Agile and, and uh, but, but when I say Agile or the Agile Manifesto, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I can recall my first days uh, coding. I follow in a cascade or, or you know, a very traditional face-by-face uh, approach for software development. Mm-hmm. And I was part of those huge 
projects um, that started with uh, two or three months, you know, uh, writing a specification mm -hmm. and then going through the design and then going for six months, one year through development and then maybe eventually go into the users and, 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 and go in, uh, and to the market. that 30% of what you built wasn't relevant. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, or 80%, right? Yeah, so uh, sometimes, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I still remember those days. Uh, I, I remember I took, eventually as a project manager, I took the, this um, PMP training. Mm -hmm. So everything was about, you know, processes. Everything was about uh, documenting the, um, the processes and so on. So uh, right now you think about Agile and it's kind of the norm or the, you know, the, the usual thing you see. Um, and, uh, but it's uh, good to go back and remember those days when you had deviations and you had, you know, um, a scope creep and you had these negotiations over scope and change requests. Wow, it was, um, in most of the cases, I think, ended bad <laughs> unless you had a great team and, you know, a, a nice client. And I think Agile came to the rescue of, of that, right? Sure, sure. It's funny you said scope creep because that's a term you almost never hear anymore. Yeah. And we used to, you know, if it was 1998 or if it was 2005, you heard the term scope creep all the time. I guess by, by 2005, it was starting to go away. But yeah, uh, but yeah no, that's like the term we, we don't use a lot anymore because of Agile. So, so talking about Agile, there's the, in the Agile manifesto, there are 12 principles. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess to, to me, I guess my first question is, you mentioned Agile's been around for a while. It's been around 15 years or so. And there's, there's different implementations of it, but at, at its core, all the implementations kind of operate with the same objectives. What, uh, you know, 12 principles, are they still relevant today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that, uh, again, the, the, if you think about what uh, the manifesto, how, how it came, came at that time, uh, was to basically change the, the way we were doing software and to think, to think more about collaboration mm -hmm. with the client instead of negotiating all the time uh, and working together for, uh, to be that product that actually uh, could deliver value earlier and sooner and gather feedback sooner. So in that sense, I think that uh, it's still, it remains obviously kind of the basis for, for, for what we are doing today in software development. Um, I think right now there are so many organizations implementing variations of Agile. In particular, I think that Scrum implementations which is kind of the common thing, maybe some Kanban. Um, and, but I think that right now it's, uh, um, we are thinking of Agile as, you know, other, not new values, but uh, I think a new, a version of the Agile Manifesto and thinking more about uh, trust and empower, empowerment of, of the teams and true collaboration and uh, fail fast, learn fast sure. um, to improve. I think that's kind of another thing that I think is the most important um, value of, of, of the Agile is how you can measure and you can learn and you can improve over time. And when you implement some Scrum, obviously, if you do it the right way, I think what the framework framework provides you is a way to uh, learn and improve. Uh, but to do that, you need to, um, you know, create this room or space for improvement. And that means trust. That means that means uh, trusting the team. 
um, considering ideas for improvement, implementing and measuring and so on. So I think right now we are in a, yeah, in a new um, era of, of, of uh, how we think uh, about Agile, mm -hmm. uh, that, but still the values are um, you know, so important and critical uh, to, to, to follow for sure. Sure. Well, you, you touched on the values a couple times there. You, you specifically a minute ago or so throughout the negotiation mm -hmm. versus collaboration. I think you actually said it the other direction, mm -hmm. uh, but, but same thing. Um, let's talk about the principles. So there, there's 12 principles of Agile, and it would take me about three minutes to read them out loud, so I don't want to <laughs> burden the, the podcast listeners with that. But are there specific principles here that you like to focus on, um, or are there specific ones that you find when you're working with your clients are most difficult to implement or most important to implement? Tell me a little bit more sure. about the implementation of these. Sure, sure. I think that, uh, again, Scrum, uh, it's a, a framework that you can use uh, and implement. Uh, and you can start uh, you know, with light implementations of Scrum and then evolve. Uh, then, then I think the basics is to um, iterate and mm -hmm. deliver value uh, incrementally. Um, what we have found is that to do to implement Agile properly, you need different roles for sure. sure. Um, a Scrum master that nowadays, you know, maybe the teams once they are mature, they can take care of the process itself, and and you don't need that and a specific role for a Scrum masters. Mm -hmm. The other role that I think is very important when you want to implement Agile is also um, the product owner. So having a strong product owner that is able to um, think in an iterative way in terms of the product and in particular what we call today the vertical slicing approach uh, where you need, you, you, you need to deliver value in, on every sprint, right? On every, mm -hmm. on every iteration. Um, to do that, I think it's not that easy. At least from right, my, so. because you, uh, you know, you need to identify first uh, what are the, you know, most important features that you want to focus. You can do that you know, during the um, uh, instances like rooming sessions and you need to be um, in planning sessions and you need to have some kind of uh, good experience dealing with priorities and aligning the business priorities. And at the same time, uh, you, what we have found is that clients, um, they don't always have uh, expertise in managing the product. So uh, writing good user stories uh, and at the same time, thinking of uh, the feature in a vertical way, in a vertical slice way, so that when you end the sprint, you have something that is working software. You know, it's one of the values behind also the, the manifesto. Um, creating those uh, small uh, incremental um, iterations of the working software, I think is kind of an art. So what we have uh, seen is that sometimes uh, our partners, our clients, they either need to train the product owners in this way of thinking uh, and uh, eventually they rely on us with our what we call our proxy product owners uh, to help them navigate all of these uh, challenges uh, because again um, thinking of the product as an incremental um, um, product and that needs to deliver value and and learn fast i think that is kind of the tricky thing uh, on the product management side 
Uh, and, at the, and then you have all the implement, technical implementation of, of the Agile, where you need to rely a lot on things like continuous integration, continuous delivery, to have you know, a truly iterative um, process in place, where you need uh, probably senior people and a strong uh, technical expertise uh, implementing DevOps, implementing uh, tools to, to deliver that um, incremental value. So I think those are the, like the challenges that I have seen the, the most. Uh, in terms of implementing through Agile, uh, but uh, we are getting better and, and partners and clients are getting sure. better at it. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, as you're talking here, I'm, I'm looking at the 12 principles and I literally checked off nine of the 12 that you just talked about. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> there, were, there were three that I wasn't quite sure if you did. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to get read all nine. You talked about, but you, you talked about support and trust and motivating people. You talked about customer satisfaction through early and continuous delivery. Uh, you talked about accommodating changing requirements. You talked about frequent delivery of working software. You said you know, every sprint or every iteration needs that value. Anyway, so you, you, you literally checked off nine of the, of the 12 there. So when you're doing that, I, I've got some ideas based on my experiences, but, but from your perspective, which ones are most difficult to get your clients on board with? What's the hardest thing in implementing? You know, your, your team internally knows how to do it, but mm -hmm. in my experience, clients that haven't sometimes fight parts of it. So, so looking at those principles, what, uh, what's difficult to implement with a client that, that isn't familiar? Uh, good question. Uh... Earlier today, we were talking about the UX, remember, mm -hmm. and uh, how you can, I think, uh, UX and uh, thinking of about the user first uh, before implementing is also kind of, you yes. know, a key component of this yeah. approach. Uh, and we did face challenge to, uh, um, uh, you know, recognize, clients recognizing or partners recognizing the value of listening to the users and, uh, in advance, so you need to. It's better to you know gather feedback in advance and, and from the users and understand what the goals are, the priorities, what they really, uh, what is the true important thing they want to accomplish. And if you can do that uh, in advance, and we do that through running some discovery sessions, you know, discovery workshops and so on. But then we incorporate that within the iterative approach as well. So UX is a key component of the iterative. And, and delivering incremental value. We did face challenges uh, trying to you know, convince clients about the value of speaking to the users uh, at the very beginning. And uh, I think that is something that um, we continue working with clients to you know, show the, that value and how they can actually save money if they uh, consider the users in advance and the feedback from the users in advance. And if they can test with the users uh, incrementally most likely they will end up with a better product and not risking a lot of money uh, neither. So absolutely. And that's why that iterative feedback, that, that short feedback loop is so critical. How yeah. do we provide value, validate, and then adapt and potentially reprioritize based on what we know now? Oh, for sure. Because it changes all the time. Priorities change and yeah. so on. And I think that is a key advantage, as I say, 
compared to 20 years ago when we were, you know, sitting in a room together trying to figure out what the product should be about, getting in. everything that's going to be. It was impossible. Yeah. yeah, it was impossible. And then you come, uh, uh, you know, out to the market and say, oh, no, this is not what is actually needed. Uh, and to be honest, I have seen some of our clients at the very beginning um, following the same mistakes and, you know, literally wasting uh, uh, a lot of dollars, <laughs> lots of dollars into products that uh, don't have a market fit or, um, you know, sure. users don't care about. So that is what I try to avoid uh, um, with our UIT. I mean, we, we are always thinking of uh, how we can add value in that sense. Sure, sure. So you just talked actually in the last kind of two segments that you spoke about number four, which is collaboration between business stakeholders and developers throughout the project. Effectively, better decisions are made uh, when the business and technical team are aligned. And I, I think in my experience, that's probably the number one biggest challenge is uh, understanding priorities and you know, getting a client to really understand where the business value lies so that they can say, here's what comes next. Mm -hmm. uh, so do you experience that as for, well? Yeah, for sure. So this is why we put a lot of effort at the very beginning in the, uh, what we call the onboarding. And uh, when you start a relationship with a new client, a new partner, um, imagine how you can do that. And, and the, I mean, the, all the uh, difficulties you have faced when you are remote. So we had to tweak uh, all the processes to make sure that um, collaboration is possible and it's uh, you know, uh, feasible even when we are working remote. Sure. Uh, and, uh, for when we do these uh, alignment workshops at the very beginning, we see a huge, and if we can, a client can come down here, visit us, or our teams can go to the States, we see a huge benefit uh, for the project at the end. Uh, and that means about communication, collaboration. Um, those are the two things that are the most important if you are leveraging um, in, in this case, an outsourcing vendor, right? Mm -hmm. And if it, it, it is remote, even even harder, and you need to put a lot of effort and focus in, into that and uh, setting uh, up the expectations, learning about the business, learning about the product goals, uh, the user, the personas behind the, those um, those products that you are building. I think that is critical for sure. And uh, yeah, I know Accelerance is also investing a lot on that uh, and at the very beginning of kicking off the project. Sure. And at the end, it will save a lot of uh, trouble and, and money also for, for the clients for sure. So how do you facilitate or recommend the clients that they facilitate that effectively knowledge transfer? Because it's important mm -hmm. for the engineers to understand not only what they're building, but the context for the business with which they're building it within. No. So yeah. how do you, uh, how do you best approach there? Well, what has been the, you know, most successful way for, with your clients that you've seen that happen? Well, again, if we can have uh, someone from the business sitting, uh, spending time, investing time in meeting with the team. Uh, and I mean the entire team, not just, you know, a, uh, PM or a point of contact, we encourage the teams to uh, participate and collaborate uh, uh, with the clients. And, and I think that is a, um, another advantage of the Agile, you know, to have every, everyone in the same loop and everyone collaborating. Um, 
we we have seen uh, that on-site visits are a great uh, booster for that, for sure. Uh, and then, you know, you have different type of workshops, different type of activities that can help uh, to um, translate the business needs and the context for, to the development team. Um, and uh, again, we call that discovery phases sure. um, or inception phases that can take one week, uh, maybe half, half of, of the day uh, going through some activities um, and um, going through the product um, features and goals, going through the business context, uh, creating the hypothesis together with the, with the team, uh, maybe um, road mapping the, the MVP uh, and so on. Um, there are for sure several of the activities that we run that are helpful for, uh, to achieve that um, in parallel with all the technical you know, transfer that uh, knowledge transfer that you, you need to do. Uh, and and at, the, at the end, I think it's, uh, uh, what are the stakeholders that, you know, participate in those activities too? Do you have, a, you know, a, a subject matter expert or a product owner for, from the client side? And again, you, if you are building um, a software, it is good if your product owner is trained in, you know, building this type of, or, or going through these type of activities. Uh, if, you, if your product owner is not trained or, or they don't have the skills because they come from some other um, uh, field, I recommend you to ask your partner for help and, sure. uh, you know, leverage other, other roles within the, the partner. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, at the end, it's uh, all about communication, I guess, right? <laughs> it's, it's so funny you said that because I literally at the very beginning of, your, of this response was thinking, it sounds like it's all about communication, but I don't want to interrupt you saying that. <laughs> and, that's, and that's literally where you ended up. So you brought it all the way back in full circle. <laughs> so now this has been great. I, well, I appreciate your time uh, speaking with us today, Marcelo. And uh, thank you for hosting us here at uh, Uru IT. And uh, are there any parting words or, or thoughts on the Agile or, or on Agile or the Agile Manifesto before we leave? Oh, no, just, uh, I mean, continue believing in Agile. And um, um, again, uh, I think at the end, what we are all trying to do is build trust, build trust within the teams and build trust with the partners and collaborate with the, with the partners. So uh, everything we do is aimed at, at that. And if you can do that, I think the results and the, the type of relationships you develop with your partners are um, much better. <laughs> great, great. Well, thank you very much. Thanks again for having us. Oh, thank you and enjoy the rest of your stay here. Excellent. Thank you for listening to the Software Outsourcing Show brought to you by Accelerance, the global software outsourcing authority. Do you have a topic you'd like covered in a future show? Then send us an email at podcast at softwareoutsourcingshow.com. Podcast at softwareoutsourcingshow.com. Show notes, links, and materials discussed on today's show may be found on our website at softwareoutsourcingshow.com. That's softwareoutsourcingshow.com.